You know the good thing about being on the radio, Frank? What's the good thing about being on the radio, Mike? No pants. No, exactly. You don't have to wear pants, dude. I'm in sweatpants all the time. Every and slippers. day. Yeah, you are in moccasins. You have like custom moccasins. Slip. I have all kinds, all different colors. What size moccasins do you got? I might, you know, people might want to know so they can get you some moccasins yeah, for like but Christmas. Right now I'm wearing Uggs. Seven and a half men's? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Not women, about. yeah. yeah. I, I can narrow? wear women. Narrow, yeah. Narrow? Sure. Um, <laughs> this is Mike from My Life Shooting. And Frank from Sniper's Hall. And today we have a special guest for you. Um, his, uh, I'll let him introduce himself, but this is something that we've kind of been working up to. We talked about a lot of history of sniper stuff, and now we want to get more into modern times and uh, also cover some of those uh, fundamentals from a from a different aspect and from, you know, somebody else, like... Not from the outside in. From the outside in, what are they looking at, and how does it apply to the practical shooter? Because neither one of us have met this guy. We've only talked on. The We've phone. only talked on the phone. We've yeah. talked at great length too, and uh, we we agree on a lot of stuff. And there may be some stuff that we don't agree on, but let's uh, let's hash that shit out today. Uh, go ahead, Sarge. Hello, what's going on, Frank? Hello, Mike. My what name up? is uh, <laughs> what up? What up? What? My name's uh, Ruben Keenan. Uh, I'm a staff sergeant in the Army, and I'm a U.S. Army sniper. And what do you do for uh, for your career there? Like, what? Um, just kind of tell us a little story about yourself, and maybe uh, what made you want to become a sniper. All right, a little story about myself. So currently, I, I do work at the Army Sniper School, uh, School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> but uh, let uh, let's go back from there. Uh, so it all started as a very very young guy. With a 22 caliber long rifle. There it is, Frank's that is, favorite. Mm-hmm. That is, dude. That is where we all start from. Uh, I was, I was definitely known to have that in a 20 gauge shotgun, and I would spend all day in the woods. You know what's funny uh, is now people they're starting on the center fire stuff, and now they want to get back to 22. 22s and air rifles, man. Hell yeah. So it's a good starting um, point. So everything's coming full circle. I keep saying it. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, see, my dad showed me the, uh, showed me the basic fundamentals, you know, proper position, steady breathing, trigger control. You know, now I look back in hindsight, I see what he was doing. And I just took that like a duck to water and, uh, ran off of that. So, uh, dude, got, guys, seriously, I would be gone all day into the night <laughs> out in the woods, just perfecting, you know, trying to get that trying to get that impact, see how far I could push that little 22 LR. And there's, and, and where you're from, there's no come home and the streetlights are on. I don't think you had any streetlights, did you? No, not, not where I'm, not where you I'm from, represent South Alabama. State. There you go. <laughs> where is he from, Alabama? Yeah, South oh, Alabama. Jesus. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. South Alabama, baby. That's it. See, I equate Bridgeport to Birmingham all the time. So, oh, <laughs> you just I'm like literally up, up and down from, the coast. Yeah, I'm just north of uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama, just to kind of give everybody a good reference. That's that, that's where I'm from. My, my former partner, um, Frog, we call him. He's actually still in. He, he does some high-speed shit right now. Uh, but he's from Tuscaloosa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so him and I Roll were, Tide, baby. Yep. Roll yep. Tide. So he's a Tuscaloosa boy, and, and he was my sergeant after Mark. When Mark got out, he took over Mark's place. Was he as mean as Mark? No. Frog's super laid back and fun. Frog's more like like a Jimmy Buffett kind of guy. I love Mark. I trade emails with him on a daily basis. We do a lot of business. Yep. And he's he's you can he's just so gruff through his emails, too. You know, <laughs> like all capital letters, like make this happen Because well, you right know what now. that is? Because I he's, love it. He's, text, he's talking to the phone. Phone. Oh, so his phone automatically just capital letters yes. for him? <laughs> and he's just talking to Siri. Siri's doing that for him. So what made you want to become a sniper? 
Okay, so fast forward, boom, I get to my, my teenage years, you know, based off, you know, my, my little introduction to fundamentals and going off and doing my own thing, kind of self-taught. And uh, my stepdad got me into competitive shooting with uh, with pistols, you know, and I, I did really, really, really well with that. Uh, we, we had our team, we went and competed, you know, I started, uh, you know, taking down some guys and they're like, who is this dude? I'm shooting a single stack Colt 45. These dudes are shooting like double stack nine mils, you know I mean? They're getting after it and I'm doing double reloads and I got double the recoil. They got double the work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So that, that was his, his, uh, outline for me to make me better. Right. So that's kind of like, how does that translate to us? That's like us shooting a 308. Right. So going from your six BRs, you know, your, all your six mils, or your six fives and then jumping back to the 308, you're kind of handling that, that bigger round handling, handling that, that recoil impulse. Right. So fat uh, fat and slow and affected by wind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, uh, after that I joined the army, uh, and I went on 43 months so far of, uh, combat operations you know, knocked all that out. I'm a global war on terrorism, baby. Like, yeah, I, G-Wop I got babies. <laughs> got to stick together. Got to stick together. Oh, yeah. So I was in right before it started, and I, you know, I'm still into this point now. Well, and, that's good. So you're almost at retirement time, man, because what was that? Oh, yeah. You jumped in what? Probably, let me guess, let me guess, about 2001, 2002? Yeah, 2001. 2001 is <laughs> when I jumped in, too. And then yep. – uh, that's uh that's good because before you know a lot of people don't don't realize now maybe some of the people listening is that before 2003 there was not a whole lot going on there was kosovo and some other stuff but there wasn't like you know full force ground force you right. know guys going in and they were still back in that time frame we were still training in the jungle to work yep. in the sand right, right. Real, real, real slow man we didn't have many customers back then Right. And then there was barely any pre-deployment schools either because they didn't know what they were facing. All the guys that were going there, because I was there in 2003 for the initial push. And yep. it was, we had two weeks notice yeah. on, on uh, what was it, New Year's Eve. They were like, all right, guys, uh, we're going. You're going to be in country in two weeks. Go get your uniforms. Go get your wills done and get your equipment. You're, you're shipping out. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now, what, what, yep. was your, what was your kind of the deal for you to actually go? Because the Army is different than the Marine Corps. How did you go for sniper school? Like to say, hey, I'm in, you're a line guy. Or did you, you know, because it probably didn't have an enlistment to go straight for sniper then uh, for no. you. So you, no. what was your kind of process? All right. So basically my process was was kind of unique. I got in a little late in the game uh, because all all our scouts and all our snipers, because they, they work in tandem together, were set. You know, those guys were good. They they were, you know, they, they weren't taking anybody else. So I'm a dude in the line. I'm looking at them like, come on, dude, you know, let me get a shot at this. Let me get a shot at this. And then finally uh, the opportunity presented itself. So I went uh, first time go, <laughs> made it through. Uh, you know, I, I knew what it took to be a sniper, just of how I grew up creeping around in the woods, trying to, you know, be quiet, maintain that stealth. You know, I'm, I'm handy with steel. If you know what I mean. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Forgot that in there. Regulators. Um, Mount up. So I knew where I come from. I knew what I brought to the table. I just needed a time and position to, you know, to get in there and, and, you know, prove, prove myself. And a touch and more professional education it. when it comes to that. 
Yeah, exactly. And, and, you, so. and you guys didn't have in-docs, right? So basically you have to petition the unit to send you? Yeah, so uh, basically the way it works, they'll have uh, they'll have tryouts, and th- th- this is you know all battalion SOPs. They have their all their stuff set up to how they want to select their snipers and scouts, and they'll go through their process. And basically, I mean, they're looking for what's your mentality, you know, how are you as an individual? Because you're you're looking at an individual at this point, right? Right. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's interviews, there's IQ tests, you're going, you're going through the physical aspect and then they'll have like a shoot in, you know, to see how they are, you know, on the gun. So that's kind of, yeah, we call it it an in doc. It's all, it's all personality. Um, you know, you got to do the O course, you got to do the, uh, you know, twice in five minutes, you got to go and do your, uh, the Marine Corps PFT. They'll do a swim qual and and they'll in-dock you that way. And and it's the same as recon. We we basically just matched our recon Mm in-docs. And all the in-docs is is trying to do is just weed out the individual and to say, and it's, you know, it's all personality because the the teams are all there and the guy, I don't like that guy, you know, he's out. And, And that's how they did it. So you keep saying scout and sniper. So the scout and the sniper in the army are two different things. Yeah. Okay, so depends on the unit. Now, typically you're well, your scouts can go to sniper school, but they're two different jobs, right? Yeah, yeah, they're two different jobs. An actual army scout, but the scout scouting position can be held by a infantryman. So we'll have like our recce guys. That that's the scouts. That's the recon recce, and then you'll have the sniper section, which they all kind of work and tandem together. Now, when you start moving up, getting to the bigger brigade combat teams, you start getting into the breakdown of you actually have a scouting element made of the, the 19 series cavalry scouts. So. Uh, makes sense. So yeah. going back um, to what you were talking about, your dad teaching you the fundamentals, how do you apply those today and what fundamentals was he teaching and what did you look at where you were like, okay, yeah, I can, I can still use this. Or there was something that he was throwing at you that just doesn't make any sense. You know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 sure. I had the same problem with my son because we all try to teach our children to fire a weapon, right? Mm-hmm. And the first thing they want to do is they stick that stick their booger hook right inside the trigger well. And you're like, you know, stop. And you, you speak the importance of, hey, identify what you're going to fire at, aim at what you're going to fire at, double check left and right and behind, make sure it's safe. Then when you're about to take that shot, press your trigger. So that's, I'm trying to, that's what I learned. That, that, that's how I started was my dad, you know, talked to me about, you know, the importance of where's your your trigger finger, where you're placing it on or when you're placing it on the trigger and why. Going to the other fundamentals where, uh, did he involve anything else or did you kind of just pick those up as you went on? Because coming from a pistol background or coming from a rifle, then going to pistol and then going back to rifle, um, I think you pick up a lot more in the pistol because of the, uh, you know, the, the discipline that yeah, it takes. Sure. And I think if you start as a pistol shooter, you will be an exceptional rifle shooter. So starting as a rifle shooter, going back to the pistol, how much more of the fundamentals did you take away from that? Dude. Pistols are sensitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. So, you know, I mean, I shot a little pistol as a child, but it wasn't anything in the realm of what I had in my hand and then going to compete and getting to that practice. But the way they translate is, you know, your trigger control is obviously going to be the same. However, you're not – depends on your platform, right? So if you're shooting an AR, 
you press hold, absorb the recoil, right? Absorb the repulse, watch your shot, release. So you don't really necessarily have that time with a pistol. I mean, you're on, there's a slight pause, but then you release and you're back on, doom, 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 working down the line, right? Um, steady position, steady position. He taught me that, uh, whether it be artificial uh, or natural, which I, I was using mainly natural things. Uh, so you're talking like position. over barricade kind of stuff or you know, oh, resting yeah. your I, forearms on a, on a branch yeah. or something. Uh-huh. Yeah, we work it from uh, yeah, actually I started right, right. I started on a on a fence post. Actually is what I started. That's and now here we are going back full circle competitive side we're shooting off fence posts now, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah. I should be pretty good at that by now. So when uh when you were jumping in, what about breathing or like you kind of talked a little bit about stance um and absorbing that recoil? Like all these things are coming back full circle and, and and applying them to the fundamentals of marksmanship when involving a rifle or a long gun. Um, okay, go ahead. No, go go ahead. Finish it up. No, uh, I was just wondering what other fundamentals did you guys cover and what other fundamentals did you take away from that? And then what did you have to learn in, in a professional setting? Uh, so what else did he teach me? Obviously, we. We went over uh, what to aim at, so so the safety aspect. We went over the trigger control, and we went over uh, what our support just now, right? So moving from there, uh, he kind of taught me like alts, man. Like, because <laughs> he, he, he yeah. was like, look, he's like, you're going to not have a steady position anywhere you're at so you have to make do with what you got when you have it when the opportunity arises right so we're talking small birds we're talking uh rabbits you know that was my application right that was my enemy at at the time so he's he's kind of got me creeping through the woods walking around you know and setting me up and then watch me set in make sure i'm good and safe before you know i went out on my own so from from there you know basically alts is kind of what i finished up with you know, as far as his training, and then he expand on that alternate positions. Yeah, he's all. Yeah, all, he's all, yeah. yeah, I'm tracking with him. Yeah, no, I yeah. am too. I just yeah. want to make sure everybody listening is understanding what he's saying. So, anytime yep. you come up with a cool acronym, I'm going to quiz you on what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. So, uh, this is what the army calls the fundamentals. Now, we don't call it fundamentals anymore. Okay. So you guys aren't tracking this. It's called the shot process. Ooh. Ooh, somebody got a medal super, for doing that. They, yeah. they rewrote that. Super sexy. So there's three phases to this. You have your pre-shot, your shot, and post-shot. So, boom. It's it. It's all the fundamentals. However, it's just broke down into, into a different kind of group. Into right. each category. Yeah, which category exactly. is responsible for which fundamental? So do they add exactly. more fundamentals now? I don't know. Let's break it down and find break out. Break it down. Break it down <laughs> for break. us, Sarge. <laughs> so we got pre-shot position. NPA, natural point of aim, side alignment, and your parallax, and hold determination, that be elevation and or wind. That's all your pre-shot. You guys, tra- you guys yeah, tracking with me? Yeah, that's, that's easy. Yeah. All right. So, shot. Refined aim, that'd be your wind call. Trigger control. Breathing control. You with me? Yep. Got it. Post-shot. Follow through. Recall management. Call a shot or give a shot correction. And evaluate. So that's all. That's the Army's 
shop process, which which all intents and purposes is fundamentals. I would almost want to put recoil management on the other end because you're kind yeah, of working before you pull the trigger because you're yeah. like yeah. ready you, for that recoil. You, but otherwise, it's I get where they're going and it makes sense. You're just breaking each into its group. Well, a lot of times you have to break it down like that because you're you know you're dealing with a lot of 17 year old, 18 year old yeah. kids. I don't know oh, if yeah. they just pipeline them into the the sniper course, but um, you know these guys coming in if they're high speed enough, they may be able to pick them up. There's a waiver for everything, man. Well, yeah, but that there's also too um, in through position and through natural point of aim that also determines in how you're managing the recoil. Right. You know, so how it's going yeah. to how it's going to end up. Yeah. Right. So there, there it basically be it, it, it'd be or your pre shot would have recoil management consideration and then your post shot would be drive the rifle through recoil. Yeah. Drive the rifle through recoil yep. and reassess the situation and then reassess. Right. So there I mean, you go. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, starting off, I mean, the very first one in, in your pre shot is your position, mm -hmm. which position position is going to dictate. Your recoil, your recoil, recoil mm -hmm. management, right, uh, and your natural point of aim. So it it, it kind of goes down, but it yeah. it breaks up it breaks it all up to a step by step process, kind of uh, like a checklist. I like how that's broke down though, because mm -hmm. that makes uh, a hell of a lot more sense. Again, you got to teach to the lowest common. To me, that would be more of like instruction wise, like for seminars for me. If I was going to do a seminar with like the 25, 30 people in it, mm -hmm. I'd break yep. it down like that. And yeah. explain each one the way they did it, where it, in, it makes sense. The big army, bigger classes, the whole thing. Where when we're more one on one, we break them down on the individual side. So I mean, it, think about it like this: I got four. I, I I got up to forty-two students. Yeah, which is huge. So it, it makes sense yeah. exactly how you're doing it. Well, that and it allows you to do some Monday morning quarterback as well when you actually mm -hmm. test fire or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it makes sense. But the quality of guys we get are are outstanding. The Army is literally sending us the best and brightest they have. So the selection process is working as far as, you know. He's just saying that because his snipers are listening to this. He told everybody. He's oh, like, I'm going to yeah, be yeah. the you guys everyday rock. sniper. You guys are so badass. You're the best. Get out there. Kill some shit. Uh, Hey, my guys are sponsored. They're good to go. Uh, I have full faith in them. <laughs> nice. So – Going into the fundamentals, and you talked about alternate positions and stuff. So, um, as a sniper, you're dealing with more or less three levels of the battle space versus four. So, you got your street level, you got your, you know, inside the building shooting from inside, and then, uh, you know, a rooftop mostly. And uh, I know the rooftop doesn't qualify for maybe that, uh, that other level of battle space, but it's still above the rest, and you're still able to kind of survey the field. Uh, yep. So, positional shooting with gear on. So most of our shooters that we talk to, they're all shooting with, you know, their, their jerseys and yeah. everything like that. They're not running around. T-shirt and 5'11". You, know, you know, 75 <laughs> extra pounds worth of crap. How do you yeah. get into a comfortable position and stay there? And what is it that, you know, you're going to sacrifice something. You're going to sacrifice your position. You're going to sacrifice a fundamental. You're going to sacrifice something. What are you sacrificing when you uh, put yourself in that kind of uh, position? Well, that's a decision you have to make as a as a shooter and as a team, right? Uh, what's what's the time length do I need to deliver the shot? You know, uh, how far is it? What are my atmospherics? So it, that's actually a multifaceted question. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're so, doing like high priority, low priority kind of. Exactly. Yeah. So you you need to be able to break down. You know, what's my react? It, it's all about the reaction dealing with the sniper world. What what's my reaction to everything around me? 
And if I cause something, what's going to be the repercussions of that? So we need to get first round impact on our target to interdict it. Right. Right. So ideally you don't want to sacrifice anything. You want to keep everything together as much as possible. Uh, I mean, we're talking like the, the microscopic level of giving up just a little bit of stability on your buttstock or a little bit of, uh, you know, trigger control just due to position, but that's, that's in a, in a run and gun type situation. Ideally your snipers are going to be on point locked in before. So everything, the stage is set. So they're able to, you know, pass whatever intelligence they got to predict the battlefield and, you know, have, have that good positive outcome. So it's chestnut checkers. Yeah. And totally, <laughs> you know, you really got to, you know, predict what is going to go on you know most probable course of action is basically what it comes down to well but even some of the raids are you know a checkers game with a chess piece Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's fast but at the same time you have to be methodical because you're dropping into something yeah i mean like jumping into the unknown is like the worst so that's where you know we come in you know kind of slowly get in there observe what we're doing you know, report all that back and uh, paint the picture. It's all about painting the picture, man. Like we talk about shooting as that's that's like 90% of our job. That's like, that's flip-flop. I mean, you guys nail, nail the, nail the, or hit the head on the nail, or nail on the head, I'm sorry. Keep it going. Like, <laughs> like, like yeah, previously, because you're talking about, you know, Frank, what is the percentage of actual shooting? Yeah, it's tiny. 10%. It's like 10%, dude, or maybe mm-hmm. 8%. You know, well, depending most on, of it's done on the range. Oh, man, it, dude. As far as, like, the sniper's job, it's, like, it's 90%. You know, you're you're staring at things. You're observing. You're reporting, you know, movements, you know, working on all this stuff. It's not Bob Lee Swagger rolling into Africa. <laughs> no, <laughs> We're trying nah, to man. E&E out of there with a 50 or something like that. Yeah, that's that's few and far between with some of the, especially on the bigger side. You know, those guys are you're recon man in a lot of ways. And then when the time comes, you're you're moving in. You got to get from point A to point B. You yep. know what I mean? To get out of there, you're like you said. You you what's the repercussions of the shot I'm about to take? And now mm-hmm. you got to go home. Yeah. Yeah. After you just stirred up a hornet's nest, it's like, okay, I'm out of here now, guys. I did my, and it's like, okay, so you have to worry about all those things and what the repercussions it's going to have. Um, no, you're not going to be going home. You're going to be dealing with it. Exactly. Everybody is. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're, run, you're running and battling. But um, one of the things we get asked all the time, and I, I don't know if Mike has it in his questions or not. I didn't see it. People always ask me, you know, oh, my son or this guy's, you know, I want to join the military and become a sniper. And what would you recommend and all? Because people always try to go, oh, do you have that? Uh, that might be part of yeah, it. Yeah, but that's a little different. Okay. But uh, but they always, they, they'll ask, oh, I'm going to buy this rifle and I'm going to practice shooting. And I'm like, nah, oh, yeah. dude, don't shoot. Go run. Go do your cardio. You know, what yeah. What kind of advice do you give people who... who might say, oh, I want to join or I want to go to school or I want to, you know, do something to get themselves in a class. So you're talking about going from civilian to civilian class or civilian well, through no, the military? military, whether civilian they're going to join the military or they're going to, for because uh, you get the people who specifically want to join to say, I'm going to be a sniper. This gives you an opportunity or, to plug the, the greatest fighting force on the planet. Yeah, but Sarge. I mean, like, Come how on. do, how, what, what advice do you <laughs> give people if they say, I want to go to sniper school. What should I? What should I work on? Yeah, what should I work on before I get there? 
maturity, yeah. maturity, ma- maturity. Uh, I mean, a thousand percent, because that's what's going to separate you from the average guy, right? You can PT your butt off or be super physically fit, but if you're immature, I don't want you. I can't trust you, right? Understand weapon systems, understand how they work, be able to put them together and take them apart, you know, blindfolded, know what it can do, right? You need to know the capabilities, right? So you need to start digging in ballistics, get into the books, which is that's going to help with the maturity level because we break all that down. If if you're not understanding this stuff, you know, come, come classroom time, by the time you get to me and you're out there, you know, on, on execution and you can't qualify with your rifle, it's like, I can't help you because you're not mature enough to understand what's going on. So, so, com- so coming from GWAT, um, do you think that when you went in, there is a different mentality of what's now being thrown at you? Absolutely. And does, absolutely. That, does that affect the standard of where, where you guys started now where you have to be to get troops trained? No, it does not affect the standard because it's – it's painful. This is a painful process. Like I'll, when I get my guys, I'll tell them, I'm like, look, Hey, this airplane's taken off and this is not an airborne operation. I am the pilot and I plan on landing every single, every single one of you on this plane. I tell that just about every one of my classes, but the goal is to get everyone to pay attention because this is real. This is real. What we're doing. I mean, th- we have an attrition rate and it's pretty high and I hate that. And I don't want it to be on, on us and I don't want it to be on them. So I try to get them to take a snapshot like, Hey, you know, this is up. I need to pay attention to every single thing that is being put in front of me. Cause I'm going to be tested and exercised on it. Right. That so, attention to detail. Oh man. It, it, it is astronomical. The, the level of detail that we're looking for, you know, I got guys telling me like, Oh yeah, I'll be driving down the road and, I just see a, a fly on a fence post now, you know, due to what you guys taught us. It's like, all right, that's, you know, that's good. You're paying attention. That's awesome. Let's see if you can do it under graded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah when someone's watching you do it. Yeah, right. When the, when the when test it, is on. When it counts. So um, when we first talked, uh, you and I, we were, our, our first, very first conversation was, we didn't really have a whole lot of like, hey, what's up? What's your name? How's this? How's that? You called up and said, hey, this is who I am. I want to talk to you about this. And we started talking about wind. What are you guys doing as far as wind is concerned, like indicators? And what is it, you know, that you, if we can talk about it, what are you guys teaching and what are you guys using? Oh, wind. Wind is my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm trying to become like the, the, uh, the wind wizard here. Because that's that's the huge unknown, right? That's every everybody wants to tackle the wind, and I'm in an opportunity now to where I can kind of just focus solely on on this thing. But what we're using is the short wind formula. You guys familiar with that? If I saw it, I, I'd have to just say everybody talks it different. I don't yep. know what you're calling it. Like if you're doing the nines or whatever, but it's which okay. So it's it, it it's actually very close to what. Uh, what you guys have been talking about for is, I think Frank, you're calling it the form. The BC factor, form. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Form yeah, yeah. yeah. The, B, the, so, the BC method. Right. Yeah. So it's basically based off, uh, this based off the same thing, mm-hmm. right? So you're, so you're G one BC, then you have your, you have your wind cosine chart, right? So a hundred being point one, 
I'm talking meters. I don't talk yards. I talk meters. Right, yeah, 200.2, so forth and so on, so you get to 600. At 600 is where R1 comes in. So in, instead of 6 so being point six, one. It, point 0.7. Yeah. Yeah. 0.7 at 600 and then 700 is 0.8, so forth and so on. So you know when, when we get to 1,000 meters, it's 1.1. So that's where R1 comes into this equation. Now, it's range value times wind plus wind left over equals your mill hold. Very simple. Okay. And then if you have quarter, half, or three-quarter value wind, you're going to do your miles per hour times point whatever it is. So a quarter being 0.25, a half being 0.5, three-quarters being 0.75. So that's... That's where the wind value comes in. So let's look at an but equation. We, but my only question, are you are you doing uh, – yeah, because it, 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 if, if your full value is 100 and then you're going to a, a, a half value, that should be 7.5 seven, seven and not 5. So are you just changing where your angles are, making sure your numbers line up different? Because it's 7.5, yeah. it, 5. Seven, five, five is how we look at it. So a full value okay. half would be 7.5, and a quarter value would be 0.5. Um, well, see, see, ours is 0.25, and then you have your half, which is 0.5. I think that's part of that terminology mistake that would come out. A 0.25 would be a head or tailwind that's off to one side. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. okay. Well, I mean, we're looking at... Yeah, you're. Like I, a, I think what you're doing, to be honest, and, and not to, on you, but uh, as far as that, but it sounds like they're still using the original Army Windrows, which is so just be like slightly... like 1230. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so if, if my wind's coming from 1230... Okay, 1230 is right. Okay. Yeah, yeah so that's where, that's where your point two five comes in. Okay. At 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock would be your point five. One thirty would be your point seven five. Yep. And then anything... Anything from 130 to about 430 is going to be your full value. Gotcha. Yeah. So okay. that's that. That's the wind formula and how how yeah. we do it, which is it's honestly very close to what you guys are doing. Uh, that's why I called Mike because it's kind of like an abbreviated. Right. Uh, it's a snapshot version. So what we're exactly. doing is to walk up to a gun with confidence and say, you know what. Here's gonna here's my first wind call, and I'm gonna base uh -huh. everything off of that because I don't have time to be doing dividing shit and adding stuff and multiplying. Exactly. It. I yeah. just want to lay down at the gun and go, okay, this is my wind and pull. And the that's trigger. the that's the benefit of the clock, you know, that 90 seconds to do X number of shots or you know whatever the case may be, is that you're not yep. gonna be breaking out and thinking. I mean, yeah, you do as much as you can ahead of time before you get to it. And 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 I think the only bad side of the comp on that is that you get used to the wind in the day, because mm -hmm. you're in, in, unless you can get changing angles. Right, because you're not moving that much. I mean, when you go right. out to the range, you know, you're you're on the range and it's set. When you go out to, you know, a practical shoot or a competition or something like that, then yeah, you're going to move position. It's going to come from a little, but not always. Sometimes they're all mm -hmm. linear, so your you know your your impact area is in the same direction, mm -hmm. and so you depending on the size of the land, right, depending on the land and the location, and so that's yeah. the only time that I, I see people kind of get complacent. So, is is in those situations. So being on the spotter, we had this conversation, uh, Ruben. Being on the spotter, and you're you're using a a reticle on your spotter, correct? Absolutely. And being able to you know make those corrections on the fly, you know, obviously that's what you've been doing before. And when we had this conversation, you were like, okay, I tried your guys's you know quick window. 
and I asked you if there was any validity to it. Mm -hmm. So tell it kind of deep and uh, kind of go down that rabbit hole a little bit. What was, what was working <laughs> for you? Well, uh, I mean, I'm at such a level right now. I really don't have to do anything to this point to call wind. I think we're all kind of right there. Like I'm, I know, you know, I got wind blowing eight miles an hour this way and this targets at 500 and I'm like, yeah, man, give me this whole thing. All right. Yep. Good to go. Yeah. You know, it makes me look super cool, but I've just been doing this for so long is that yeah, you can I'm, see it. It's You've just seen it a yeah. thousand times. I've got, I've, I've got wind in my eyes and guys are like, how are you doing this? I'm like, okay, well let's break it down real quick. Here's, here's, here's the science behind it. So, uh, what I like about what you guys are doing, it gets you within that, what, two, two tenths of a mil, right? At least, Which yeah. is, yeah, you know what I mean? So as, as long as the wind's acting, you know, appropriately, I'm not getting any crazy stuff going on. I have good terrain, which we shoot on great terrain here. I mean, I'm in here in the southeast, I and mean, you can't get too crazy shooting that. <laughs> so uh, I get I get guys on with this wind, uh, very, very quickly. And I'm just looking for different options. I'm not trying to teach just one thing. Mm -hmm. I want, to, I want to teach. Toolbox. Yeah, exactly. Because the more I arm my students with, the more lethal they are collectively, you know, we're looking for that collective lethality and that's what I'm trying to push. That's the product that I'm trying to send out. You know, I want them to have everything they have to execute their mission to get that first shot engagement. Boom. One and done. All right, moving on to the next one. I don't want them messing around, getting frustrated with a target, and they can't figure out why, you know, they're they're getting the the results they're getting. I want them to know, and so that's what it's all about. Yeah, instead of defaulting to their cone of lead, <laughs> right? Just, just light it up, fool. Just light it up. Oh man, burn Send that it motherfucker Send it down. down. <laughs> yeah. So, does the competition world um, influence anything that snipers are doing real world? Um, you know, uh, cross-pollinating, dragging stuff from, you know, positional shooting with bags. I know we've uh, we've kind of talked about that a little bit, but uh, tripods, bags, you know, everything that these guys are using, walking up to a stage looking like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, is that translating over to the military and how they get stuff done, or is it helping or, you know, um, putting guys at a disadvantage, you know, heavy versus light? What's What's going on there? Dude, there's honestly a lot going on with it. Well, it's two different realms, okay? Who is influenced who the most? And I think it's you know, the military, honestly, is influencing competitive. Because where did it all come from? You know, There's actually a lot more. I, I agree with you. I there's a lot more well. people who coming from the military side of things. I think Absolutely. the military guys bring it to a practical level where the where the straight competition guys who don't have the military background yeah become the state puff marshmallow yeah. it's the military yeah. guy who turns around and says okay get rid of this get rid of that you're not it's it's dude it's it's the other night it's platoon in the beginning of platoon when charlie Sheens falls out of the, <laughs> of the movement and, and, and yes. before he got the hip and willem devoe is pulling all the crap out of his That's rack it. and says you don't have to hump this crap dude hey troop yeah. don't carry it you know, right. that's what yep. I think the, the where the influence comes from. And to be perfectly frank, like me coming out, the early guys that came out of this, everything we grew out of was because of a military background or a military training. We did the mm -hmm. competitions to validate our classes. Exactly. It was a military shot yeah. that, that they would well, base the stage off of. You yeah, know? exactly. And, and, and so, yes, the competition calibers 
and different innovations. But what the competition to me is doing is basically taking a 55-gallon garbage can and dumping it on the ground and saying, this is what we got. And the military people are coming through and picking through it and saying, this is valid, this is valid, throw the rest of this crap away. Yeah, put it back in the okay, trash can. Okay, so we have a drill we do. And, and Frank, you tell me what this sounds like to you. All right, so this is our, our fight down drill. All right, so the guy in charge, the leader on the range, he's like, all right, ready, go, boom. He starts off, he takes off to a standing, kneeling, prone shot, right? Yeah. So then then we get up into the fight-up drill, which is from prone, kneeling, prone, sitting, kneeling, standing. Yeah, it's all the basic fundamental positions. It's your cross so, the course. So that sounds like a PRS drill to me, right? Yeah, it yeah, does. This is, this is things we've been doing for, like, ever, you know what I mean? So Decades. That's, that's like what... Well, because we go, it does go back to the basic. When you look at the old books and the manuals and everything, it does go back to the Camp Perry. It does go back to the Olympic style because, the, yep. you know, AMU had those teams and everything. And uh -huh. so they're taking the – what positions are the AMU going to teach? Well, they're going to teach prone, sitting, kneeling, standing. Okay, what's a guy in a field going to use? Prone, sitting, kneeling, standing. The only yep. difference is we realize with our new modern sniper rifles, well, we need a front support so it becomes mm -hmm. your alternate position, but it's yep. still prone, sitting, kneeling, standing. Nope. It's but just, now that's right. that's like a PRS drill, man. So, yeah. I mean, if you got if you got a tiebreaker, boom, like, hey, man, run this. I'm like, all right, well, cool. I got you, player. I'm about to knock this out. Yeah, <laughs> no, up? totally. And that's, I mean, if you go to K&M, that's a K&M. That is totally a K&M drill in Shannon K., you know, he's in the well, military, he's in the well, army, he's been through well, all this. And Where, yeah. where did Shannon K come from? Right. Shannon K is a army sniper. Shannon K, you know, used to work where I work. You know what I mean? So that's like, we got a lot going on with that. You know what I mean? We kind of see everything probably pretty close eye to eye. So I haven't talked to him in a very, very long time. But, but that yeah. that is a drill at K&M. That prone, that that going up, and I remember the couple times I've done it down there with him. He is a tiny ass little target for unsupported positions too. Right, and it's like, it, but that is a K and M drill. But that's like we do this with gear on, man. We got body armor on. We got our, you know, our our battle belts on. We got helmets, you know, our big ear pro com sets, you know, and we have like one and heavy small, guns. <laughs> and heavy guns, yeah. you know what I mean? And if you're good enough and you're able to, if you think you can make time. You know, I mean, this is all competitive. You know, we're, we're shooting this all competitive to, to, to gain that edge under pressure. So we'll we'll take each other and get, get warmed up real quick, and then we'll go run up there and, you know, hit that drill real fast and uh, see what kind of accuracy we can get with time, and, uh, you know, and good good recoil management and fundamentals or shot process. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a yeah. fundamentals guy, so, sure. I mean, from – for me being me, like so, that's free recoil is kind of your go-to. Out of out of <laughs> not out of the question, man. I, 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 hear, I hear free recoil. I'm like, yeah. Is that cringing? Do you cool, recommend man. that uh, guys that you work with, any of the snipers, do you recommend that they participate in competitions? Absolutely, absolutely. And just like good buddy of mine, Phil Vallejo has said, you know, you, it's a whole nother world. I mean, you're going to get that gut check, and that's what I think a lot of guys are kind of scared of getting into it and getting that first foot out there and getting their pee pee smacked, and they're like, oh, boo boo lift. But it is a training, it is training exercise, man. What are we all doing? 
we're training. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. All, all this is. We're not is, sending all of our competitors overseas well, to do the job. And, and, and you know, that's a, that's a good <laughs> no, part that he brings no, no, no. up with, with going and getting. Because I remember the first match I went to, it, it, like this, this first type of uh, this style shooting, was a Badlands, Oklahoma match. And, Ooh, brutal, man. Right, so, but this is going way back in the day when you never heard of Badlands or Oklahoma or any of these kind of events. So yeah. coming out of the military, you think, hey, man, I'm a shit hot kind of guy, and you get that same thing. They may come out of the military, go into the law enforcement. They've been through the FBI course for law enforcement maybe, and so they think they're a shit hot shooter because they could do a tiny little group at 100 yards. Well, then mm-hmm. you go to this Oklahoma, and you get your ass handed to you, and the question becomes, you start rationalizing. I'm not going back there because this sucks, or they suck, or this is the they do it stupid, or they do the, you know. But the the guys who turned around and go, well, wait a minute, I can learn something from this and go back as a glutton for punishment. I mm-hmm. think helped accelerate this type of shooting to the next level. It's having that competitive mindset, having that curiosity, having that drive to press forward, versus giving up and saying, I'm not going there because I will get my ass handed to me. And, and, well, I like to break it down uh, in, 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 in kind of three different perspectives, right? So there's kind of three different disciplines as far as the, you know, the long-range shooter. So we got our military, right? We have our military competition, which is usually military and law enforcement only. Then you have your sniper matches, which closely emulate what we're doing, right? And then you have your, like, PRS, NRL-type, competitions so i mean it's 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 three different aspects to accomplish the same goal right but it's it's like you talk about paying for a hit i don't want to pay for a hit i want to earn that hit i want to no matter any circumstance whether i got this bag whether i don't have this bag doesn't matter i'm gonna make this shot i can call this wind not because i have the best caliber it's because i have the best training you see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. That's And, yeah, and, and that just, was a point I was trying to make the other day, and I don't think I did it as well. You just kind of said it, and it jogged my brain. Like at the rifles only thing, you're practicing it with a bag one way, and then Jacob says, okay, only one bag allowed, so you don't have that exactly. second one. Well, you should be practicing it with the bag once and then without the bag. Without the bag, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, And that kind of leads me into this next thing where there are a lot of pros. There are a lot of cons. Um when you send somebody to a competition, it's, you know, competition rules. It's not real world rules. And uh, say that five times fast, but, you know, <laughs> example, like a three gun where you're dumping full mags on the ground for a forced mag change when you, versus doing attack reload because it takes less time. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing to combat muscle memory when you send these guys out to do this stuff? What do you mean, to go to comps and stuff like that? Yeah, so competition muscle memory is way different than, you know, real world. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you got to be cognizant of how many rounds you've been putting down range because we're responsible for every single round we send, right? Mm -hmm. You shoot, you own it. Oh, yeah, man, all day. So you have to know, if you don't know your round count, something's kind of going on, you're in a bad situation, you know, you're going to be force reloading at that point, right? But, you know, a, a good shooter who's been training and training and training is able to get that round count down, you know, and be like, okay, I need to do reload real quick. I got like two rounds left in this mag. Boom, dooch, good to go. Carry on, keep doing what you're doing. But that's that. 
that's all training. You know, how much have you trained? What have you trained on? Right. So going back to your pre-shot checklist or, you know, pre, post, and during the shot. Yep. You're not, yeah, your, your shot process. You're not completing a full shot process every time you jump into a competition. You're shooting and going. So what do you have to do to yourself to kind of back off and go, okay, what is going on here? Well, slow down, man. Bring yeah, it back buckets. to. I think it's buckets. You got to just kind of get back in your bucket. Yeah, you got to just slow it down. Slow your training down and start bottom up, man. Retrain. Just retrain. You know what I mean? When you get to the point where you're getting out there and getting kind of confused and you're burning time, you know, you're, you're, or your clock's hitting you, or you're running out of ammo, you lost your round count. Like, what are we doing here? Like, Go back. Slow it down. Slow down, man. Go back to the basics. So I have a six by Creedmoor, uh, but I'm actually about to get another barrel spun up, and I'm getting that one in 308, man. Uh, I mean, everybody seems to be kind of going back to 308 right now. To kinda... like it, doesn't it? I think there's because there's more prizes for 308. Is there? Is well, that what? It, well, if they're doing, <laughs> yeah, right. I Who mean knows? that that might be, but there should be an emphasis put on you know the tactical shooter. Absolutely. You know, because I mean, that's what. That's it's honestly, exactly it's, why I went back to 308 for the last year is because I was like, okay, yeah. I need to slow my slow myself down. I'm shooting a six, you know, and uh, it's coming down to me going, okay, um, I need to stop what I'm doing and I need to start making these hits properly so that, yeah. um, you know, and I'm chopping, you know, eight inches off my barrel. Uh, hold on. Frank's trying to get a selfie. I'm Let's getting get a selfie. Yeah, you, you keep talking. I'm no, good. no, no, I'm one in there. What's up? getting a selfie that's what's up (laughs) so um so no go ahead and have it going back to a 308 so i'm not knocking what guys are doing at all because i love the innovation but i want to go back to the there's there's three different flavors in this in this long range thing we're doing okay and they call for different things right so that's why we a lot of us kind of stick with our with the sniper comps and the military comps because that's well within what we're doing. And it's not that we're like super uncomfortable get to get outside of our zone. It's just we're we're snipers, man. We're snipers first, dude. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's just certifying our training and, and and saying, Yeah, you know, we're good to go. We're putting out good info. We're training right and you know, we're training America's finest right. So that's that's kind of that way and then you know for funsies if we had time or money left over which most of us don't we'll, we'll try and make it out to a few uh prs nrl events uh but man like trying to keep up with that is is brutal so which is why i went to the six five kind of dabbling a little bit but that thing shoots straight yeah, for <laughs> yeah. Sure. especially um with what you're used to shooting so oh, yeah um moving forward people listening we have a lot of troops across the globe and they may not be in that sniper profession um, but they may want to apply for it. What kind of mentality and work ethic are you looking for, uh, for, okay. for an Army sniper in the future? Just like I said earlier, man, I'm looking for maturity. Um, you know, they, they obviously have to be physically fit to, you know, hang hang with their sniper sections that are out there. But um, maturity, man, like you're, you're going to be held accountable. You have to know these things. You know, what, what we're putting out there and you have to put it into, put it into action. All right. And if, if you're not able to, uh, you know, to make that, you're going to go home. You know, I've, I've had guys come to me, you know, four different times, you know who you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Listening and then, right you know, now they just unsubscribed. <laughs> and then, you know, make it and, you know, and 
that that was actually one of my stellar students, you know. But uh, it's just you got to practice, man. And a big thing they're not practicing is 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 field craft, field craft, field craft, field craft. That's a huge part of our job. The stalking, target detection, range estimation. I mean, that target detection whole, seems to snail so many people. That's my jam. That's kind of what I specialize in at the school. Now I'm trying to get into the wind stuff here now, but I'm, I'm that's that that's what I do. I'm like fieldcraft guru. Uh, that stalking. I'm I'm a monster on glass, bro. He put put me on glass and put put some guys out in the woods. I'm, I'm gonna find, find it. it. I'm gonna I, find it. I, I'm gonna find it. I will find you. Tracking <laughs> tracks like a bloodhound. What a dude. It's crazy. Students hate me. They hate me. So. That level of maturity, I think, is is huge. And kind of going back to that, what do you guys, like, when you, like, let's say you find somebody that has the level of maturity that you're looking for, they just can't check the box, complete the task. Um, they they wash out of sniper school. Is there, you know, that's funding, funding required? Yeah. You know, if you like somebody enough, can you get them back into the course? Uh, that's all on their chain of command. You know, I mean, I can give my recommendation, you know, as, as, as best as possible, but it's up to them, uh, whether or not they're overseas, they're here, you know, like in, in the States or whatnot, but. And if that person's know, willing to swallow their pride, because I, it's a prideful thing when you fail. Yeah. Like I, I know a lot of guys out there that, you know, that, that come back and, you know, and more or less, you know, they, they, they've kind of built and learned and they knew their mistakes and they knew what they need to work on. They come back, you know, slay said event and then, you know, continue to move forward. Uh, but like I said, uh, guys are sending us really solid dudes. Uh, keep it up. Uh, yeah, just keep training them. Hit that field craft up. Field craft is, is what kills people because they're not practicing. It's not sexy. They're not laying on the range, you know, out shooting, you know, get off your belly. Stop shooting, stop belly shooting, man. Get up, shoot those alternate positions. Uh, just like I said, you know, with these fight up, fight up, fight up, fight down drills. You know, this is all in our this is all in our doctor and all in our manual. It's in front of you. You have it. Execute it. Did, uh, is uh, Chris still over there with you guys? Which one? Uh, R. Who helped, well, we the, got... who helped with the manual? I don't want to bust his name out in case he's. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I talked yep. to Chris a bunch of times. Yep, real solid dude. He's there. Yep. Yeah, cool, cool. So what I think what it boils down to is success requires effort. It does, a lot of effort. I mean, you have to work for this. This isn't this isn't uh you know, everybody thinks they show up, it's a to you know, we're we're all gentlemen. It's like it's it's, it's not gentlemen, guys, like you that you have to earn this, man. It's it's physically challenging, emotional, mentally. Uh, it's brutal, man. And then the, you still got the elements to deal with, you know? So there's a lot going on and, you know, our days of work. So yeah, just show up mature, uh, ready to train. You'll, you'll be all right. Wow, that sounds great. I mean, that's, this is all really great advice and everything that's going on. And it's important to see how level headed everything, like just as far as like a debrief, cause we're getting near the end here, but, um, how level-headed you're looking at both sides of the coin. You know what I mean? There's that competitive yep. side and what they're doing. There's the military side, what's going on there, and how you're putting the two together so that yep. it's successful for you. And that's where it is an individual situation, and you have to look at it, and there isn't one size fits all. And why there isn't just one rifle out there that everybody's using or one scope or one reticle or 
you know, yep. one piece of it's it's all over the board because everybody adapts to the to what's presented. Like I said, it's a garbage can full of stuff that's just dumped on the ground, and it just so happens who's using and doing what with that that pile at any yep. given moment. You well, know? you're taking some of the you know what America has to offer is the the most intelligent people on the continent, and you know you're taking one percent of them or part of a percent of them. And you're sticking them into this you know, position where, you know, they may or may not have to take a life for their country. And yeah. you're, you know, you're training them to deal with that because they have to be mentally prepared to do it. Yep. But like, you like, have like to said, find that certain person to do it because it's not for everyone. No, no, not no, it's not. It, it's not. And they know that, you know, uh, like there's been, you gotta watch that, out for the guy who's like super excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like day one, you know, what are we doing? We're doing our shoot in, and you're just grouping, you know. And a guy guy goes home because of that, you know. I'm like, come on, man. Do you guys have a bell? Do you guys ring the bell? Ring the bell. No, we don't. <laughs> ring the bell. goddamn bell. <laughs> no, we don't have a bell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's all about that collective lethality, right? So we're trying to trying to put that together, you know, develop that for uh, our near peer threats. So we're trying to build on that and then validate it all through our international sniper competition, which you know, to you know, to us and, the, and you know, in the army, that's like the that's the premier you know sniper competition is you know the one we're running. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the SOCOM guys do a great job with theirs. Uh, they actually just executed theirs last week. Yeah, I was going to say, you Ray know? from Thunder Beast was just there, wasn't he? I just saw a picture. Ray yep. was there. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we got that coming up, so I can't wait to see everybody again. Uh, yeah. I've, I've, I've met a lot of great people through that. I've made a lo- I met a lot of great people through, you know, these, these civilian sniper comps, you know. Uh, same thing with, uh, you know, the PRS, NRL type stuff. You know, I've met a lot of great people that kind of dance between those two you know, different realms. So, yeah, man, there's, you know, the people out there that, that come together to, to, to do all this. Awesome dudes, man. You know, we, we get together and we talk and we shoot, shoot the shit. And then, you know, we hit each other up on Instagram and Facebook, kind of follow each other and what we're doing as far as our training. And, you know, I'm watching people watching me, what we're training on, what we're doing. <laughs> it's pretty cool to watch, you know, what everybody's doing. Any last, win, uh, last minute words of wisdom? We're about to cut this off. Last words of wisdom, get in the books, get in the books. Uh, I'm, I'm telling you that this is where all this is derived from, man, is it's all there in front of you. You just got to memorize it and execute it. Know what it is. Get out there and train. Uh, don't be afraid to show up, get shut down and then come back and, you know, be successful, more prepared, you know, just like a competition. You know, you show up, you know, get your PP smack, come back and with a vengeance uh, train up for it, right? Nice. So that's, that's what it's all about. Cool. Stay on the line. We're going to end this episode real quick, but stay on the line for us. Um, again, going back, highly appreciate everybody listening. Hopefully you like the the history, past, present, and future, the stuff that we're trying to offer you on the Everyday Sniper. Um, it's 
we, we've had a lot of fun doing yeah, this. Yeah, it's uh, a good time, this. man. It's definitely getting to meet all new people and just everybody. It's amazing that kind of the reach this podcast has that you don't even yeah, think Yeah, people it. reaching out to talk to us and yeah. want to talk about things. And when I asked Neil Sarge to come on here, he was just like, oh, shit, what do I say? <laughs> you know, like, it's it's funny because, yeah. like, we just, we're just having the conversation. We're just talking about the stuff we like to talk about. And uh, hopefully there's, you know, there's those, those tidbits, I think, just listening to uh, the Sarge talk here, it, it's there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of uh, richness to this episode, and I think there's stuff to take away. No, for sure. I appreciate it. Mike, when Mike said it was happening, I was excited. Yeah, I was, I was pretty excited. I was like oh, nervous. My first podcast, so I was like, oh, man. You're like, oh, I, I got to talk to PA. What the hell? What can I say? Yeah, what man. can I say? And, and I think we I mean, skirted a lot of that stuff, and I think we're okay. Yeah, we don't want to yeah. get you guys in trouble. Yeah, it's like Frank, man. Like Frank's a freaking legend, dude. And now I'm here talking honestly, to him. Honestly, I'm surprised because I, I have a bad rep with, with your old school. Like, because I pissed a lot of guys off in the early years, saying like my, giving my opinion like without being asked. And um, Frank, yeah, yeah, I was really? I was a bit no P, I was a bit PNG with like 37 and those guys for a while. I'm surprised. Not that. Frank. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which I get it, man. It, it happens, but it, and and I admit it. I, it was me. But, uh, yeah, it's funny. It happens. You, you can't make everybody happy. No, I, I, tell, I tell these guys and Mike, like, for there was, a, there was like, a three-minute block. Or not three-minute, but three-year kind of block with a, a group of guys over in the Army side. I'd get... I'd be going to Dunkin' Donuts in the morning, and my phone would ring, and it'd be all the zeros in the one, and I'd go, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> what I say now. <laughs> it's what it is. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it ain't personal. All right, Ruben. Thanks for joining us, yeah, brother. Man. We appreciate it. Cool. We're going to end yes. this. Yep. Cheers. You guys got it. See you on the range. One shot, one kill. Peace. Peace.